Hello and welcome to Let Us Learn More, a podcast focused on produce industry education. As you know, we at the Packer put on a number of events each year and we wanted to preserve all the great information that comes from those educational sessions. This season of the podcast is focused on our Sustainable Produce Summit. So without further ado, enjoy the session. Thank you for joining us today at the Sustainable Produce Summit. I'm Ashley Nickel with the Packer and PMG, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to today's keynote speaker. Emilio Tenuta is the Senior Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer at Ecolab. For more than a decade now, Emilio has led Ecolab's sustainability work focused on corporate social responsibility, internal environmental stewardship, and helping customers operate more sustainably. He's active in advancing global sustainability practices with a significant focus on water stewardship and climate. He was instrumental in the development of the Water Risk Monetizer, industry's first financial modeling tool to assess water-related risk, and the Smart Water Navigator, a free online tool to help businesses improve water management and achieve their water reduction targets. Emilio is active in numerous industry organizations and has partnered over the last 10 years with NGOs, including the World Wildlife Fund, Alliance for Water Stewardship, the Nature Conservancy, and others to support management of water and energy risks in the industrial sector. Without further ado, we'll turn it over to Emilio. Good day, and thank you for inviting me. My name is Emilio Tenuta. I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer at Ecolab. And today we'll talk about how smart water and climate practices foster resilience and growth. But let me begin by introducing Ecolab. Many of you may know about us, but because we're a B2B or business to business company and mostly working behind the scenes, it's not always clear to everybody who we are and what we do. Uh, Ecolab was founded in 1923 in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is where I'm at, by one person with one product absorb it. Sustainability is core to Ecolab's purpose. You may, you can see that in our original product. Absorb it was designed to clean hotel room carpets without taking them out of the room and transporting them elsewhere. Today, we call that a sustainable solution because it saves water, energy, and carbon. It's also saved costs. That is, all, that is still our business model. And today we're active in over 170 countries and at more than 3 million customer locations. We have 45,000 associates worldwide, over half of them working alongside of our customers every day. We help our customers deliver safe food, clean water and healthy environments. What makes us unique is that our company's greatest sustainability impact is through our customers. And that impact is global. Every year we manage more than a trillion gallons of water. In 2019 alone, we helped our customers save 206 billion gallons of water equivalent to the drinking water needs of over 700 million people. We're on track toward our goal of 300 billion gallons by 2030, which is enough drinking water for a billion people. Along the way, we also helped our customers in 2019 avoid 1.5 million metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions, connecting really the water and energy nexus. In the food space, we help safely produce 45% of the world's milk supply, save 58 billion or serve 58 billion restaurant meals. And even more importantly today, 
during a health crisis, wash 40 billion hands. Before we talk about water and, the, and, and industry, please take a look at these images. This is Northern California about two weeks ago. I know it's a downer and I promise we will end, we'll end up on an optimistic note, but California is the world's number seven economy and, and, and the most populous U.S. state. It's an agricultural powerhouse, the world's a fruit and vegetable basket. If we're going to talk about food, water and climate, we have to pay attention to this. California has been getting hotter and drier for years now. Just a few weeks ago, the San Fernando Valley hit 121 degrees, the highest temperature ever recorded in Los Angeles County. As a consequence, the fire season is getting longer and more destructive. These fires are now an almost annual occurrence in California. And, and if you remember, we saw the same scene in Australia in January. This is not a coincidence. It's not a constant. It is a consequence of climate change. And now let's look at the broader context regarding that challenge. Today and tomorrow's challenges are interconnected. Our world is facing several present day challenges, responding to the health and economic crisis brought on by COVID and a social and civil reckoning for starters. And we're, all, we're well aware of these challenges and We'll face, we'll face in the next decade. Population growth, we're gonna have 10 billion people on this earth by 2050. By 2030, we'll need 40% more water, more 35% more, more food and 25% more energy. And science tells us we'll have to reduce our carbon emissions by 50% by 2030 and a net zero by 2050. With all of these concurrent pressures, it can be easy to downplay the fundamentals and the importance of water. So water stress is not a future issue. It is happening now in all parts of the world, not just in low income countries. Our world's freshwater resources are under stress. Today, 2 billion people, more than a quarter of the world's population live in water stressed regions. Climate change is profoundly impacting local water cycles, making the availability and quality of fresh water less reliable. Water, according to the World Economic Forum, is a top five global risk, rated higher than cyber attacks and man-made natural disasters. Given the trajectory of population growth and economic growth, the world is facing a projected 56% water deficit by 2030 if no action is taken. So business as usual obviously will, will wreak havoc on the way we um, you know, use and um, replenish water. But the reality is that we're already experiencing these water stress conditions. Businesses will likely be impacted by water stress in ways that we've never seen. By 2050, 45% of the global GDP will be at risk due to water stress. So we can't talk about climate change without talking about water. There's really two sides of the same coin. Climate change compounds water issues leading to resource scarcity and irregular weather patterns. Water stress is often the first adverse climate 
uh, effect a community or a company feels. You know, and, and here's a very important thing to remember when it comes to water and climate, to use water, you have to pump it, you have to heat it, you have to treat it, you have to move it, and that takes energy. And using energy means emitting carbon. 80% of the carbon in the world is still generated using fossil fuels. So for all intents and purposes, water equals climate. Using energy also means spending money. All of us in business are interested in saving money. Um, so using water means cutting your carbon emissions and saving money. It, it really becomes a win-win. Here's a telling example of what you can achieve if you if your water um, in your facility is managed in a systematic way. Since 2012, Ecolab has worked with Archer Daniel Midland ADM to save water by improving management of cooling systems, boilers, wastewater treatment facilities, some of the real staple unit operations within manufacturing. The, the program, program comprised of 200 projects that uh, at locations around the world, resulting in ADM's equipment working more efficiently, but also requiring less water and less energy. ADM along the way saved 2.3 billion gallons of water, equivalent to the annual drinking water needs of nearly 8 million people. It also saved nearly 160,000 million BTUs of energy and reduced CO2 emissions by 70 million pounds. As a result, ADM is saving $28.3 million annually. Here's the moral of the story. Managing your water well helps you achieve significant energy and cost reductions. Reducing your water needs also helps you become more resilient to the effects of water scarcity and climate change. So let's zoom out a bit. Other than the immediate savings, why would a company like ADM go to such lengths with its water management? They're doing it because water scarcity means managing your business risk. In the long run, that risk far outweighs that nearly $30 million per year in savings. It takes shape in three ways, physical, regulatory, and reputational risks. Let's talk about physical risk first. Your facility may end up with too much water flooding or too little water in drought conditions or the wrong kind of water when it comes to pollution. In many cases, you may intermittently deal with all three. This can result in production interruptions, quality issues, and escalating costs to remediate those challenges. In the worst case scenario, you may even end up with significant disruptions and ultimately stranded assets. Now let's look at regulatory risks. So water stress can prompt local, regional, and national governments to increase the burden on industrial users in the forms of fees, taxes, technical requirements, and even caps on usage or allocations. Now let's look at reputational risks. Decreased productivity due to water issues may be noticed by customers. Water stress can also lead to competition for water resources with local communities and ultimately really bad press. Examples of this, for example, I, I recall a, 
a cheese plant in upstate New York that started to add string cheese to their production output as a new product. It used so much water that the people in the surrounding communities had to stop watering their lawns and washing their cars. The situation was covered extensively in local media. This happened in a part of the state that wasn't considered water stressed. So what's the answer? To manage these risks, companies should build a water and climate resilience plan. That means including a mitigation and adaptation strategy. So when you talk about mitigation, it's about lowering your resource use, it's using less water, which means less energy and lowering your CO2 emissions. Adaptation, meaning how do we adapt to this changing climate that we're experiencing more and more of, like we discussed related to places like California and Australia. Applying it, what we call a context-based solutions approach, meaning that every place is different, especially when it comes to water. Water is highly localized. And depending on local variabilities, uh, whether it be weather patterns, geography, hydrology, soil conditions, pollution factors, even um, similar facilities in the same watershed may require very different solutions. The other part of adaptation is applying for, for many uh, companies what we call nature-based solutions. This, this means restoring and sustaining natural landscapes and hyd hydrological features such as rivers, floodplains, floodplains and, and wetlands, aquifers and other related ecosystems. They're, the key component is to ensuring that water security in terms of quality and quantity, as well as resilience to water stress and scarcity. So the idea here is to really, again, drive a strategy that promotes mitigation and adaptation. So a big component of any successful strategy is water stewardship, which, which essentially refers to looking beyond the four walls uh, of your facility. One de definition of stewardship that I really like is how you take care of something you don't own. So you see water stewardship means reaching out to other stakeholders in a basin where you operate and, and working together to manage share what is a shared resource uh, depended by other others in that watershed. These other stakeholders can be local communities, uh, NGOs, local government, public institutions, or other companies operating in the same place. Together, you can, we can work on a context-based solution that, that works for a specific location and preserves the local hydrology and ecosystem. You can have all synchronized. By the way, Ecolab is a founding member of the Alliance for Water Stewardship, uh, along with other organizations like General Mills, Coca-Cola, Nestle, uh, TNC, the World Wildlife Fund, and a number of others. A AWS, or Alliance for Water Stewardship, sets an extensive framework and standard for water stewardship. It can help your company along its water, smart water journey. An ex excellent example of these principles is, is, is really the California Water Action Collaborative, or QUAC. You'll never forget it with that acronym. Quack was founded in 2014. Ecolab is one of the founding members. 
It brings together dozens of non-governmental organizations, agricultural producers, investors, uh, global companies to address challenges to the state's water supply. The goal, to improve local water management and drive corporate water stewardship and return water to natural systems. In many ways, it's, it's, it's taking 12 organizations or more to come together where we were before working independently and really driving toward one common purpose of water stewardship. This will help us by banding together to do more than we could as individual companies to driving climate adaptation as well as mitigation strategies by sh sharing best practices and, and existing technologies that really help us become more resilient to these challenges. The focus of the California Water Action Collaborative today is in Southern California, but we're, that work is expanding to other parts of the state. All this sounds very good and logical, doesn't it? But here's the, here's, here's, the, here's the challenge. Most companies aren't doing enough. There was a survey that we worked with with GreenBiz uh, in 2019 uh, that really kind of uh, provided us a perspective on the state of corporate water management. And what we found is while there are many businesses that have made commitments to conserving water, the trend line is going the wrong way. 50% of the companies use more water today in that survey than they did in 2015. Despite a large number of businesses, 88% of them, that are aware of water-related risks, only half of them have a plan to manage these risks. There's a gap, uh, you know, I, I like to refer to this as a, a gap between good intentions and real-world action. We call that the execution gap and we're helping companies shore up that gap. Here's how. To help companies handle these um, challenges with local water management, Ecolab offers two free publicly available online tools. The first, the water risk monetizer, and the second, the water risk monetizer, or the smart water navigator. The water risk monetizer puts a dollar figure and monetizes water risks in financial terms at a facility level. Once you have that monetized value of risk, you can actually prioritize certain locations for action based on the highest risk. The Smart Water Navigator then takes it to that next level, which helps you put together an action plan for each of your facilities. Based on a straightforward questionnaire, it places your facility on what we call a water maturity curve and it, it, it proposes a specific set of steps to get to the next level of that curve on your journey to becoming water smart. Since water is local, as we talked about, every location is unique and every plant is different and there's no one size fits all. These action steps are specifically tailored for your industry, your location and your specific water maturity level. Again, these tools are free, any company can use them anywhere in the world. And you don't have to be an Ecolab customer, although we'd love to have you. Um, and so, as you know, we offer at Ecolab a series of, of water savings technologies. Um, I'd like to highlight one. We, oh, we, we refer to it as 3D Tracer. 
that technology is unique in that it works by using UV light. It's a uh, smart technology, if you will, that detects irregularities uh, within the water that comes in your facility that's, that's flowing through many of your unit operations in real time. Based on that information, we can adjust the balance of chemistries in the water to prevent fouling, um, corrosion, buildup, things that will lead to, to interruptions of, of that unit operation. The big benefit is that you can adjust this thing, the technology will adjust in real time and will keep your systems running in optimal condition 24 seven. That makes your equipment more efficient and lengthens the lifespan and saves an enormous amount of water and energy along the way. We have more than 40,000 3D TraceR sensors, smart sensors deployed around the world, and they're all connected. Every year we take nearly 72 billion data points and five terabytes of data. Applying AI and advanced analytics, we can spot trends uh, that we couldn't see before help customers with insights we didn't have before and address problems before they happen. These remote capabilities are especially useful during the pandemic. Now that your field staff can't go on site, for example, in March uh, during the lockdown, one of our 3D T systems uh, for what we call clean in place systems for a food manufacturer, in this case, it was a major dairy, um, had a temperature issue with a pasteurizer in the middle of the night. The plant staff uh, was able to intervene before anything went wrong. As a result, there was no production stoppages or recalls. Safe, safety was ensured and uh, the, the plant supply was uninterrupted. So I, you know, I, I want to I want to look at over the next ten years. We know that we have to prevent uh, a water crunch, as I shared, and a climate crisis at the same time. We got a lot of work to do. It's that major historical challenge that we often, you know, hear about. Yes, it is a challenge, but I'm optimistic. We can do it. Here's here's why. We've seen this before. Today. We have the same amount of water to irrigate crops as we did in 1965. In that same period, the U.S. population went from 194 million to 330 million people today in the U.S. But our output per acre has doubled. What has changed? Technology and ingenuity has boosted productivity sharply. And we can do it again. The pace of technological change is accelerating. Most of the technology to beat climate change and water scarcity is available today. The rest is a series of engineering challenges. They're big, but they're not impossible. And here's why we should do it. What you see here is not some ideal, idealized world. This is the real California, a state that has cities full of ideas, energy and creativity, a thriving economy, a beautiful natural environment, an agricultural sector that supplies the nation with delicious food. Clearly, the current mega fires aren't our destiny. We can help preserve the real California for future generations 
And we in business have a big role to play. Just by managing water better, we can significantly improve our impact on the climate and we can save money along the way. We'll also be able to boost our reputation and improve our bottom line in the process. There's no reason we shouldn't do this. There's no downside. No company, however, can do this alone. But if we collaborate, the effort will start to build on itself and we can make a big impact in this world. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to this great content from our Sustainable Produce Summit. We hope to see you at our next event. Remember, we've got West Coast Produce Expo, the Global Organic Produce Expo, and the Sustainable Produce Summit all as part of the roster. And of course, you can always read our reporting on thepacker.com and producemarketguide.com, along with our weekly newspapers and magazines every other month. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Let Us Learn More podcast.